Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Tom King, the founder of Stevia Brands, now known as Icon Foods, who started with a mission to help food manufacturers replace unhealthy sugars in their products with natural options. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Seth, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping in, as you say. Yes, I mean, you literally created an, created an industry. How did you get started back in 1999? Well, uh, I actually ran into this. I was living in Arizona in the time, at the time, and I ran into this gentleman who had come back from Paraguay. And he had been trekking through the rainforest, and he had, like, all these different jars filled with, you know, leaves and stuff like that. And he, you know, he offered me some green paste that was in a jar. And I tasted it, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. It, it was probably 25 times sweeter than sugar, but I didn't understand it. I was like, he's like, yeah, it doesn't have any calories or carbs. It's really not sugar. And that's like, that was the red pill for me. I was like, wait a minute, how can something be sweet and not be sugar? And that was sort of the genesis for starting, starting this business. I just was super curious. Okay. So I know the longer versions obviously in the book, but let's, <laughs> So you get the green paste, you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. How does that lead to starting a business? Well, when I tasted it, the thing that, that, I mean, I would say the big idea that popped into my head at the time is how can I extract the sweet constituents from, from this leaf? And that was, that was the beginning of the journey because it was like, okay, so how do we use like a hot water process to, you know, to be able to do this? I had, you know, a limited chemistry background and this was way above my pay grade so i just you know sought out you know food scientists to be able to help me come up with a way to extract those leaves and then or extract the sweet constituents from the leaves and then after that it was just you know once we perfected it is finding a co-manufacturer to actually make it for us and then I mean, you've transformed an industry. How did you start getting people to adopt it? Well, I started it as a consumer brand. So honestly, I mean, we just, you know, came up with different types of, of sweetening blends, you know, using Stevia. 
and literally this was in LA and just literally went store to store and had people try it. And, you know, within a couple of years, we were in 2,500 um, different stores. And at that point, we created sort of this consumer brand equity that we were able to parlay into ingredients. And that was my whole idea. Like when I saw that leaf, I was like, hey, you know, if we could get, you know, if we can get that sweet part of the leaf out, this could be like an amazing natural competitor to like aspartame or sucralose. Well, I know it hasn't always just been a hockey stick growth trajectory. <laughs> uh, you've taken a number of risks along the way. What was one of the biggest risks, risks you've taken and what'd you learn from it? Well, recently I would say the biggest risk that I took was using our sweetener in chocolate chips. Like we, we were strictly a sweetener company and stuck with sweeteners. And I saw an opportunity to get into inclusions and inclusions are like chocolate chips and sprinkles and stuff like that. Things that you find, you know, in ice cream, in, you know, baked, sweet baked goods and stuff like that, like cookies and bars. Um, so we, so I basically came up with a formulation for a no added sugar chocolate that we could make into chips. And we found a co-manufacturing partner and their minimum order quantity was around a million dollars. So at that point, I was like, look, you know what? I mean, we can jump into this and, you know, sell, hopefully sell 200,000 pounds of chips that we are committing to, or we'd be stuck with a lifetime of chocolate <laughs> chips. So that was the biggest risk that I took. And I was like a little freaked out about it and lost plenty of sleep, but we literally had all of those chocolate chips sold within 60 days. Wow, that is incredible. <laughs> and I love that you went from just the original sweetener product mm -hmm. to now kind of the Intel inside. Everything's getting powered. So now is there going to be a whole line, if there isn't already, of foods and things powered by Stevia? I hope so. I, I really do. I mean, you know, we're branching out more and more into inclusions, um, you know, because I just sort of view those as a um, as a carrier, if you will, for our sweeteners. Like everything we do is sweet. And so finding things that food manufacturers can plug into their cookies, into their bars, into their frozen desserts, you know, that don't have any added sugars. I mean, we're going to be expanding on that. Like we're now the number one distributor of sugar-free chocolate chips in the U.S. And now I want to capitalize on flavored chips and white chips. So we're going to keep expanding it. Who inspires you? Who have been your role models? I would say that my role models are not necessarily, are, wouldn't necessarily be, uh, I would say business oriented, you know, I mean, my biggest role model was my grandfather. And the reason that he was my greatest role model is because of his integrity. Like he had the utmost amazing, pure integrity and, you know, and that's influenced the way that, you know, that we run our business. I mean, we just do the right thing every single time. And I, I'd also say that, you know, um, I would say one of my bigger influences too that, I mean, it's a daily practice for me is Ryan Holiday who wrote, you know, the Daily Stoic. And I'm literally for, reading that right now. <laughs> so for the past five years, I've really practiced a lot of philosophy and, and stoicism. 
And that has been, that has been a huge lifesaver for me, particularly in the past, I'd say year and a half, you know, with the pandemic and then with, you know, these, uh, all of the supply chains for ingredients are broken, getting ships over. I mean, it's, it's just been, it's been one thing after another. And, and honestly, stoicism has really helped me through it because, you know, the takeaway on it is that, you know, um, understand the things that are outside of your control and don't let them bother you. And the things that are within your control are your, is your attitude, you know, how you spend your time with whom you spend your time with. I mean, these are the things that you absolutely have control over. The things that you don't have control over, don't worry about it because you don't have any control over it. So that has been, you know, the past year and a half a big life preserver for me. That's like, wait, let, let's expand on that a little bit. What are some of what, talk about how you set yourself up for success every day. What does your morning routine look like? My morning routine is, well, the first thing that I do when I get up is I journal. Um, you know, I spend at least, I'd say 45 minutes journaling and I fill up a full eight and a half by 11 page. And that is, that creates the foundation. You know, because within that journaling process, I'm able to reflect on the things that I'm grateful for. I am able to reflect on the things where I believe that I can create change, um, you know, and I also use it for a lot of data input, you know, like what did I do yesterday? What can I improve? Uh, what can I improve on today, you know, that I did yesterday? So journaling is a huge huge foundation and that's how I begin my day and then of course I mean physical exercise so I usually go for a run workout um, and then all of that gets followed up with a meditation I think that you know daily meditation is the thing that will absolutely ground you you started out literally knocking on doors of stores trying to get them to try your product what's the best way you found to market what you're doing um right now I would I would say that social media um, you know, we're mostly focused on B2B at this point. So LinkedIn is, I mean, LinkedIn is a great source for leads. It's a great source for, you know, presenting yourself as a, uh, as a resource and as an authority uh, on the business. So social media for us is, you know, is where we put most of our focus and most of our budget. You've achieved so much success. What's your biggest challenge now? supply chain. <laughs> it's like, we've got, we have too much business. Like we have so much business that we don't have the raw goods to be able to fulfill it. And this is incredibly frustrating. Like we've got ships on the water continually coming in, but you know, the ports are backed up. It's hard to get, you know, it's hard to get your freight over. And so I would say that supply chain is right now our biggest challenge. What keeps you and your team motivated while dealing with stuff that you can't control? I would say diversification. So we always, you know, we, we may be a sweetener company, but I would say that we're more of a solutions provider. So when we run into a company that say is dependent on a particular uh, ingredient or compound that's, you know, that is, there's a shortage of or broken supply chain that we're able to help them navigate that through reformulation. 
So if like one compound isn't available, we can help them reformulate into, you know, into other compounds that will make their finished product, you know, identical, but it usually helps them save, you know, save money and, and time. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now to your 1999 self, what advice would you give yourself? Have, have a well-defined exit strategy <laughs> and exercise it. <laughs> so it's interesting that you bring that up. So what does Icon Food Science look like in five or 10 years? Where, are you, um, where do you want to go? Well, I would like to see it go on without me um, because, I mean, I would say first and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs, I don't believe by and large make great CEOs. You know, like a CEO is like a daily job that you do. It's a job. And entrepreneurs, I mean, that's all I've been my entire life. We like change. We like to create. We like new challenges. And so I would say that I'm grateful for, you know, for Icon Foods, but I'm also looking for my next you know, my next challenge or my next creative outlet. If you were going to start another company tomorrow, what would it be? What would you do? Probably biotech. You know, I mean, one thing that I've learned from, you know, this pandemic is that there, there's a lot of sort of science and modalities for treating disease and, and treating viruses that we are just scratching the surface on. And one of the things that just really, really interests me is, is CRISPR you know, and being able to genetically modify, you know, bacteriophage or being able to genetically modify RNA to be able to help, you know, help us be able to, you know, fight infectious disease and viruses before they become pandemics. And I've just, I mean, I've just been a sponge for knowledge about, you know, about how these vaccines came out and how they actually work, um, you know, in the human body. And that, I, that's the thing that excites me the most. I would love to have a biotech company. Are you allowed to, and do you mind sharing how much Stevia and Stevia-related products have been consumed worldwide since 99? I, that's a good question. I would love to share it if I knew. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know worldwide. I mean, I know that it's a, it's a fairly vertical growth because, you know, it seems like sugar has been been very much vilified, you know, over the past, probably the past four years, you know, like it's been related to, you know, metabolic disease and metabolic disease is the number one underlying condition for mortality from COVID-19. And so, I mean, I think consumers are more savvy now, they're reading labels. And I think that, you know, I think that you're going to see alternative natural sweeteners continue to be a trend. And I, I think that just is, is great, you know, because anything we can do to reduce metabolic disease in this world is a major step forward. What do you think have been some of the key personality traits that you've had that have helped make you successful? Wow. Hmm. I, I would say perseverance, you know, in, in a desire to fail. You know, because I, the thing that really, uh, I, I think the thing that really drives me is, is, you know, is meeting challenges and screwing up, you know, because when you're successful, I mean, you get to have the, you know, 
the spoils of being successful, like money and stuff like that. But you're not really learning anything. You're really not advancing. So as ridiculous as that may sound, it's like I like to take risks where there's a potential for failure. And I mean, as long as the failure is mitigated, but I really, you know, like to get myself in situations where I can learn and grow. And those usually come from the pain of failure and screwing up. I love it. I think, you know, the desire <laughs> to fail is a book title. Uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about your book. Oh, yeah. That book is kind of interesting. Um, Guy Gone Keto. Yes. And, you know, I wrote it almost five years ago. And it, it I, I, what it was, it was just a culmination of journaling. So I was in Vegas for a trade show. And, you know, I was carrying about 35 pounds of extra weight and not, and just really not taking care of myself, <laughs> like, you know, eating crappy, like pizza and cake and wine and stuff like that. And so I went, you know, I went to dinner with one of our vendors and just gorged myself and got back to my room in Vegas. And the room was just basically sort of reeked of broken dreams and, <laughs> and lost souls. And at that point, I just looked in the mirror and I was like, you know, what's going on here? It's like, you work with low carb and keto companies and stuff like that. And it's like, you're sort of an imposter because you're not really following that. And at that point, I think that the pain of my behavior exceeded the pleasure that I was deriving from it. And that's where I really, again, used, um, used journaling as a tool. Like I just started writing down, like, what's the process that I'm going to use to, you know, to make a lifestyle change. And after a year, you know, I had a book and basically brought it to a publisher and they're like, yeah, we, we like it. And then it was, it was out. And I think like the, right when it came out, it was number one on Amazon in that particular category, which was like bizarre for me. <laughs> like I was like. A, I wrote a book. I'm like, how does that happen? And B, it was number one on Amazon. And I'm like, how does this even happen? And I don't know. It still kind of amazes me. Well, congratulations on not only the book, but your immense, immense success. We know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. For our folks who are watching or listening, other than going to the grocery store and buying Stevia, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you? Um, if you want to learn about like our food science and our ingredients, I would just go to iconfoods.com. Uh, if you want to see my side hustle, the Guy Gone Keto line, you can go to guygoneketo.com or you can find me on any of the socials at Guy Gone Keto. All right. This has been Seth Green with Tom King from Icon Food Science and Guy Gone Keto. Tom, thanks again. Thanks, Seth. I totally appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.